The Grandmother Stories Seeking Light in Dark Times Hello, I'm Katherine Matheson. Writer, grandmother, crone, aspiring wise woman. I've walked this earth through six decades and even the fools among us can see the situation in this world that our children will inherit is dire. This podcast is for my grandchildren to share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy I've managed to find even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights, Your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times. Episode 19 How to See Through the Veils This Halloween The moment of transition between the light and the dark half of the year is upon us. In the Northern Hemisphere, we are moving into the dark half. Halloween. Samhain. When the veils between our world and the other world are thin. This year, 2023, the year's last eclipse is occurring as this episode is being released just ahead of Samhain, just ahead of the thinning of the veils just ahead of the coming darkness of the second half of the year, according to ancient calendars. It is an intense time in the world, and an intense time for you, as the focus of the eclipse is upon you and the parts of yourself that need your attention. This is a time of moving through doorways, crossing thresholds, You cross thresholds all the time in your daily life. You're a different person at different times of each day as the weeks move on inexorably and the years tick by. Think about your life and the doorways you're always moving through day in and day out. It begins when you go to school as a young child, that first separation from home and from yourself as you are when you are at home. From there, you cross a line every day to go from home to school and then from school to home. The separations continue as you separate from your parents, choose your life path, leave home. Seen this way, you can understand your life as a series of telescoping departures and arrivals as you grow up and then grow older, leaving home and leaving past versions of yourself behind. And each time you leave yourself behind to step into a new version of home or a new role that adds another piece to who you are, you're moving into a new dimension of being. Just by living life and moving from doorway to doorway, you're crossing thresholds in this third dimensional reality, this time and circumstance you know as your world. And in doing so, you cross thresholds into and out of different states of awareness about who you are, how you are, where you're going and where you wish to go.
The ancients described this particular awareness as the mundane, the boundaries of this earthly world. And they also knew its opposite, the extraordinary and the magical, could be accessed by those who understand that the magical is nothing more than a different way of being, a shift in consciousness like the shift of an optical illusion, a way of seeing and feeling your way through the unknown to allow the deepest, brightest, and most brilliant light of source to show itself to you. Oh, wait a minute. You thought Halloween Samhain is supposed to be only about celebrating the frightening and horrible things? Maybe. But what if I told you the scary parts are put there on purpose to keep us frightened and too afraid to venture further? Look, I won't sugarcoat this. The guardians of the light are often the most frightening beings of all. But that's another story for another time. This episode is focused on the thinning of the veil at Samhain, the border between light and dark, and the call you are feeling to move through the dark to find your own light. And your own light is always there waiting for you. Your own shadow is the guardian, and once you are able to move past that, you will have what you need to make the shift. You might hold a deep memory in your bones of being taught how to do this. Perhaps you've experienced moments in your life when you have shifted between one way of being and the other for a few moments. This shift, this movement across the border into the other world, this is the very thing we are exploring here. Imagine what life would look like if you lived during an age when people knew how to find the doorways between one way of being and another. Once, a young woman named Shifra, wearing her leather tunic, trousers, and boots, was walking across a field of deep green grass. She had a quiver of arrows at her back and a bow slung over her shoulder, and she moved with the quiet grace of one with long practice in the art of moving unseen through the landscape. She was seeking a different life from the one her family and her clan wanted for her. She had no idea what that life might be, but she knew the only way to find it was to walk away from everything she knew. A traditional life with a mate and a hearth, birthing and raising children, was not her path. She had known it from the moment she could walk. Her family had seen it in her. And of all her generation, the dozens of children that grew up around her, all her friends had known it too. Among the clans of her time, there was an understanding that some were born to be called to things other than the building of families. The only real decision Shifra needed to make once she had the clan's blessing to leave was deciding which direction she should travel. After much thought, she chose to head east. Turning her face to the rising sun each morning, she had been traveling now for the better part of a month. She kept to herself, skirting villages and moving off the trail to avoid other travelers where possible. It had not been an easy journey. After the first week, a cold wind and a bone-chilling rain swept across the land. She struggled to stay warm in dreary caves at night. A good part of each day was spent foraging and hunting to keep herself fed.
Then she came to a village that seemed different. She thought she saw it twinkle at her in the late afternoon sun as she crested a hill leading into a long and broad valley. Feeling drawn somehow, she stood for a moment considering the way the buildings were set along both sides of the river and the bridges that crossed it at several points. It seemed peaceful, and there was a sense of something there, something she had not felt before, like a presence, something that was waiting for her, something good. Trusting this feeling, she walked down to the first bridge and crossed it to see what she would find. There was a man standing on the other side of the bridge at a gateway that stood open. A wide road ran through it and into the village. The man at the gate was asking people questions. People were waiting in line to speak to him, and so she waited too. When it was her turn, he looked at her with curiosity and asked her her purpose in visiting the town. "'I've not seen you before, and I know you to be a stranger,' he said. "'I'm not sure why I'm here, but here I am,' she said. "'I've traveled a long way, and it seems this is my destination.' "'You speak in riddles,' he said. "'And now I see you. I think I know your purpose.' He stepped back to look her up and down, and she was surprised to feel as if she had nothing to fear from him. He took in her travel-stained leather boots, her bow, her quiver of arrows, and then he nodded. "'I've been told you were coming.' "'What?' she said. Who told you? I didn't even know myself I would end up here. Miriam told me, he said. She's been expecting you for several days now. She's asked me to send you to her. Who is Miriam and how is it she's expecting me? She is the far seer of fast water he said. Then he told Shifra how to find her. She's in the Riverstone house at the far end of town, he said. It's the last place on this side of the river. Stay on this road, no matter how many times it twists, and you'll be there before sundown. Shifra could see the main road ahead did not cut straight through the town. Its first twist was a wide curve toward the left. She felt a flutter of anxiety as she turned back to the man. And why is it me she's expecting? And here's you so full of questions, he laughed. She's the only one who can answer them, so go on and ask her when you find her. He waved her on, and so she went. She had only just heard about this far seer of fast water and the Riverstone house where she lived, so she had no idea what to expect when she came to the end of the road to find the last place on this side of the river. Built almost entirely of smooth round stones, and surrounded on two sides by huge trees that seemed to be part of a deep forest. The Riverstone house looked as if it had been there much longer than the rest of the village. It was set on a high bank overlooking both the river and the village, 
and a steep path led up several flights of stone and carved wood steps. The steps were almost as wide as the carved wooden porch that ran across the entire front of the house, which seemed to be built to resemble a hill of rocks. Or a cairn, thought Shifra, thinking about the huge cairn on the mountain in the land where her clan lived. But who lives in a cairn? And then a lamp was lit inside the house, and its windows began to glow, and Shifa realized she'd experienced an optical illusion. She simply had not noticed the roof of the house before, because it was carved of wood so carefully crafted that it seemed a part of the forest behind it. Not a cairn, then. As she stared up at the house... One of its stones seemed to detach itself and then make its way toward her, leaping lightly down the steps. She blinked. A large gray cat, not a stone. It was twilight now, Shefer realized, and she'd been standing there for too long. Time to decide. She opened the gate and stepped through. And this is how Shifra came to be the apprentice of the wise woman Mirian, the farseer of fast water who lived in the Riverstone House in the village of four bridges on the great river called Enroyerty. Now, there's much to tell you about Shifra and the farseer of fast water and how much Shifra was to learn in her time at the Riverstone House, but... This is a story about Samhain, and this episode is exploring the shift that allows us to cross the border into the other world, and we are imagining what life would look like if you lived during an age when people knew how to find the doorways between one world and another. So I'm going to tell you that of all the things she learned, the one thing Shifra loved most was the Kiobren Dreak, a magical working Mirian called the Crossing of the Veil. Mirian had shown it to her before her first Samhain as an apprentice. She had begun by drawing the cover from a large white leather-bound frame that hung suspended from the ceiling in a room set aside just for its use. Mirian taught her how to use the Keobrendrak. Working with song and ritual, Shifra learned how to shift to another dimension of being, and then to imagine she was walking through it to come as close as a living person could come to the other world. The other world is always as close to you as the caress of the wind on your cheek, Marion told Shifra, and yet it is further away than the most distant star, because it is an entirely different dimension than the one we inhabit. Solve this paradox, and you will be able to cross the threshold at will. For Shifra, learning the technique did not take long. She had already navigated several kinds of doorways and crossed through many dimensions of being before she ever found her way to the Riverstone House. She left her clan. She chose her direction. She walked in that direction until she felt it was time to stop. She crossed the bridge. She followed the twisting road. She stepped through the gate to take the path that leads to the porch of the Riverstone House. Each of these steps was taken in the mundane world, with courage and with trust. 
Miriam showed Shifra the very tiny adjustment that was needed to take those lessons she had learned from each of these mundane crossings. You already have it, she told Shifra. It is there right now. Just look and you will find it. This tiny adjustment was an inexplicable way of feeling, a trust of that tiny wisp of a feeling, and in no time at all she had learned how to shift into the magical. It's like closing your eyes in total darkness and calling up the light and then seeing that light, even with your eyes closed, she told Marion. Yes, Marion answered. And then it is opening your eyes and knowing the light is there always, no matter where you are or what you are doing. And on her very first Samhain spent with Marion, Shifra was able to cross through the Keobrandreak. Shifra was amazed at the ease of it with Marion as her guide. And on the other side, she saw a line of ancestors wishing to pass their messages and advice along to loved ones. They reminded Shifra of the people who waited on the bridge for entrance to the village. Marion and Shifra spoke with each one. And then, after most of the ancestors were departing, someone who seemed familiar to Shifra stepped forward. He introduced himself as one of her great-grandfathers. My name is Enda, he told her. I am the one who told Marion about you. And when I had finished telling her about you, she knew you were the apprentice she'd been waiting for. So she called to you, and I whispered in your ear until you found your way to this place. Dear Grandchildren, that voice whispering in your ear may be the wind or an ancestor, but if you're listening with the intention to hear the light in your soul, you are hearing what is meant for you. Full moons and new moons and eclipses are all gateways into new dimensions of being and of thought for anyone fully aware enough and courageous enough to pass through them. If you are still with me, I know you have a deep wish to know how to connect with the other world and you wish to learn of the ways of those who navigate these thin spaces. And if you are seeking these things, you already have what is required. You have the understanding of what it means to move into a new dimension of being. And you don't need any ancient tools. The Keobran Drek is already inside you. You just need that tiny adjustment, that tiny adjustment, that inexplicable way of feeling, and a trust of that tiny wisp of a feeling. That is your doorway from the mundane to the magical. You've been practicing all your life. You are ready. My wish for you, this Samhain, is a shift as easy as the flip of perception in an optical illusion, to experience the light, the magic, and the wonder as the veil lifts just for you. Thank you for listening to episode 19 of the Grandmother Stories. See you soon. This podcast is for my grandchildren to share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy I've managed to find. 
even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights, and your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we're all seeking light in dark times.